Welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number 13. Well, listeners will notice that things are a little bit different yet again this time. So uh, you're only going to be hearing two voices instead of four. Uh, And I know that last time we sort of announced that this is now a four-person show and we're going to be doing a weekly release schedule. Uh, Well, that second part's still true. We're still doing a weekly release, uh, but we've decided to make it a two-person show instead of a four-person show. Uh, The main reason for that is basically to just cut down on the workload on me. Uh, I do all of the editing and it's quite a bit of work and, you know, every person we add to the equation just sort of multiplies that workload and I was having a hard time keeping up. Um, And also we just want to kind of make it a more kind of focused, tight package that's a little easier to digest and I think that's kind of difficult to accomplish with four people. So, you know, we had a good time making those episodes with Grim and Icy. Those guys are awesome and they're definitely going to be back as guests in the future for sure. Um, But I think this is the right move for now. It's just going to be me and Davius going forward, uh, and we may have some guests on from time to time as well. You have anything to add, Davius? A lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on me to to with the stay focused, you know. Just (laughs) (laughs) stay focused. Whoa, focus now. Hold on a second. No, I don't necessarily mean it's going to be like we're like super focused and serious all the time, but uh, just in general, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it'll be it'll be a little more, a little easier to stay on point without having you know four different people that all have to have their turn with something to say. It's just yeah. uh, it's a little hard to keep it all under control. For sure, um, completely. Makes and sense. you know, this is this is a good time to be doing it. This is early on for this show; it's kind of in its infancy, and we do yeah. have some listeners but it's not a huge audience so we're not really risking a lot by taking chances trying different things trying to figure out what works what doesn't work what you know what's a good feel for us yeah well and i was just gonna say i think it's huge you know to take into fact that you have switched to a weekly schedule that's a massive that's pretty massive change right there compared to uh, the schedule that you were doing. So yeah, I think yeah, the workload... that, that alone is huge. Cause I was doing like a four to six week release schedule yes. before. Um, so it's definitely a lot of more work doing it every week. Mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> that's all there is to that. It's a, it's a two person show for, uh, from now on. Uh, that's the plan now. Uh, I feel a little silly cause we just made this like sort of announcement on the last episode. Uh, but Hey, we're just trying stuff out. We're figuring it out. Um, and, and all. Well, it was two episodes ago, wasn't it? Or maybe, no, I guess it was the last episode. Yep, you're yeah, right. We started with those guys two episodes ago, and then it was the following one where we actually announced, hey, this is what we're doing now. Hey, just, just you know, just tweaking and, and, and working things. Yeah, yeah, and everything's cool. Like, they're totally understanding. We all talked about it. We're all friends. We all still do Imperial City and play together, and, it, it you know, it, everything's good in that regard. <laughs> For the pact. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. And the only other announcement that I wanted to make is Stoons Goons is growing. Uh, we got oh, our yeah. very first uh, person that mailed me in-game and asked to be invited to the Stoons Goons. So we got three members now. It's me, Davius, uh, and this this other person. So uh, I don't know if they wanted to be named on the show, so I'm, I'm leaving their name out. What uh, what are the what are the rest of these thousands of people waiting for? Maybe they're spelling students wrong because they, they actually <laughs> the uh, they 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 misspelled the name in the patch notes this week. I don't know if you uh, noticed that. Maybe that's what's hanging people up. Uh, you know, I'll say it and I'll say it again. Zoss is really really paranoid about students' goons. They're listening in. 
and they're they're really oh, sliding in. Yeah. It's obvious. Miss. We'll see. We'll see as we get into things here. They are terrified of what the Stoons goons, uh, the havoc that we're going to wreak on Tamriel. The the passive passive aggressive move of misspelling, you know, Stoons throw people <laughs> off the scent of the guild. I mean, just <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, that's all the announcements that I had. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, add here. No, just you know, I'm excited about the Stoons Stoons Goons growing. You know, the uh, the amount of potential is just limit. It's just unlimited, unlimited I mean, potential. The amount of growth we've had this week, you know, it's a thirty percent growth. <laughs> I mean, know? just massive. Thirty three percent growth. <laughs> Don't you all worry. We've we've got the graphs. You know, we're looking at the charts. Just just <laughs> skyrocketing right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, or no, it's a. Uh, that's a fifty percent growth. I'm I'm really bad at math. It was a, it's a fifty percent growth, right? We had two people, <laughs> so we increased by half that amount. Um, yeah, so, no, man, yeah, the, we're we're doing good. This is this is why we have the charts <laughs> to help us with our math. <laughs> the, the <laughs> what does the chart say? <laughs> All right, so let's get into the news here. They released a press release recently, uh, the Crown Store Showcase for this month, May 2020. Uh, they're just kind of previewing um, some of the stuff that you can expect to see in the Crown Store this month. Um, it's mostly the kind of usual stuff that you normally see, costumes, cosmetics, that kind of thing. Uh, there is a new crafting style called the Blackreach Vanguard. It looks pretty cool. It's very kind of Nordish looking. Um, there's a new arms pack, the Baylorg arms pack. Um, what's funny is the, the concept art that they show is just a picture of Baylorg, the boss. <laughs> um, no no weapons, so I have no idea what the weapons actually look like, but it's going to be themed after Baylorg. Who, he's just a werewolf. so He is a cool-looking boss, though. You know. Super cool-looking, definitely for sure. Um, Elsewhere is getting added to ESO+. Plus. That's really cool. Um, and the Necromancer is going to be purchasable separately, just like the Warden. Um, they're going to be adding those Alliance Change tokens whenever Greymore goes live. I'm really excited about that. Um, and they reiterated that the vampire and werewolf skill lines will require that you've leveled those skills up at least once before you can buy them from the crown store. And I had someone comment on the last episode that kind of cleared up some confusion about this. So they're actually changing um, the way those skill lines work when you uh, purchase them from the crown store. The way it is right now on live, if you buy, say, werewolf from the crown store, it basically just works like a bite. Uh, and it's the same basically as if a player bites you and you still have to go level that up. Um, but now with this change, whenever you buy it, it's gonna be fully leveled right out of the gate, just like the other purchasable skill lines like Undaunted and Sigic Order and all that stuff. So I think that makes a lot more sense that they're they're gating it in that way. Since, since they're doing that, you know, it makes more sense that they would want you to have leveled it up at least once. Yeah, they're treating it so, like the other skill lines. It, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just kind of um, getting things more consistent with one another. So um, thank you to Tavarish for um, commenting and clearing that up for us. They dropped another press release just called Five Fun Ways to Prepare for Greymore. Um, and I'll put a link in the description to the, the forum thread uh, rather than the article itself because I think a lot of the, uh, the people who comment in the forum have some really great ideas as well. Uh, and, and the forum thread links to the article itself. But, um, you know, it's not a big thing. It's just if you're excited about Greymore and you want to kind of get into the spirit and get, get hyped about it, it's just some suggested things that you could do in the game right now uh, to, to sort of get into it. 
I just any plans, Davius? Well, I just got a comment on their on their five. The very first thing they say, create a Nord. Who, <laughs> Number one, who needs? All right, who needs? Already... Yeah, I'm in. I mean, I mean, who needs Graymore for this? I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, number one, create a Nord. That's, that's always step number one. Yeah, that's babies, always right? step number one. Um, yeah, are you going to be? Are you doing anything to like get hyped for Graymore right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I've been, uh, you know, all my characters being Nords, I always go through and and do uh, the two Skyrim zones. I always go through and complete those quests with most of my characters. Just every one of your up. characters that is every one so of my funny. characters <laughs> has to have those two zones completely. You 100%. have to complete all the Skyrim zones. So will the new Graymore zone be part of that requirement for all your characters from now it, on? Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. But I have, so with that and with that same spirit, I've been doing the, uh, I've been going and doing the prequest with every single one of my characters, just getting oh, hyped okay. and, and yeah, prepped yeah. and ready the, for it. So is it called the prologue or whatever. Yeah. Cool. That's actually a pretty neat little quest there. They they do actually a really good job on the prologues. That's actually yeah. something that uh, uh, I'm going to bring up a little bit later. But uh, I'm very impressed with the prologues. Cool. Cool. Um, the only other sort of piece of news I, I wouldn't even really call it news, but this is just. The, the spot where it seemed to belong. Um, there's sort of like a, a rumor that there potentially could be a new playable race in the future. So Zoss sends these surveys out to players from time to time, just kind of gathering feedback and getting people's thoughts on things. Uh, and one of the questions asked, uh, you know, what sorts of things would you like to see added um, in future expansions? And they list a bunch of things like, uh, you know, a new class, new skill lines, new questing content, stuff like that. Uh, well, one of the options that you can choose is a new playable race. So, um, you know, that's who knows if that's actually going to happen, but just the fact that it's listed there shows that it's a possibility that they're actually considering it could happen. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting, and I think it's fun to think about what sort of race they, they could yeah. uh, they could add. You know, um, in, in the lore of this game, there's all kinds of crazy races, so it, it's, it's interesting to think where, where they could go with it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many possibilities that uh, exist in that that I think that's really cool. I mean, obviously, no, nothing's finalized yet, but just the idea of that is, I think, is pretty, pretty exciting yeah. idea. It would have to be like the imperial race, right? Like it's, it couldn't be tied to a faction. I would think so. It would have to be like faction neutral, uh, or maybe they would allow you to choose a faction when you make the character or something. I yeah. Know. I mean, the, the only other way they could do it is if they did a new race for each faction, which that seems, that seems pretty huge. Yeah. That'd be huge. I don't know if they would do something that big, but I think this is really cool. It kind of makes sense to me that they would do this or at least think about this because, you know, with what they've been doing and the new stuff they've added, you know, they've, they've done the new classes, you know, you know, they've done the new skill lines, new classes, you know, throwing in a new playable race is kind of uh it seemingly yeah. would be like the one next big thing that they haven't done yet. So yeah, yeah, that's a it's like an obvious big thing that they that hasn't been like a regular thing that gets added to the game is new races. Yeah, um, it's cool. Yeah, there's so many cool possibilities. I mean, there's a there's a race of like sort of chimpanzee looking people called the Catmo. Um, there's a race I can't remember their name, but there's a race of like vulpine like fox people. Um, yeah, like that would be super cool. I'm betting if they did do this, it would probably be just be like some other kind of elf. I think it'd just be easy for them to do that, you know, and just yeah, just some sliders. But 
that's the thing that I would hope is that they would get real. If they do do this, I, I, it would be really cool to me if they got real creative with it right now. Because now, obviously, let me just have my disclaimer. Not going to change my <laughs> game style much. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I do think it's cool because right now with Khajiit and Argonian, those are kind of the only two extremely unique races that they have among playable races. Uh, mm -hmm. So if they brought in another playable race, uh, like you were saying with these like races you're mentioning, race. yeah, like something yeah. real unique that you can, with the cosmetics out of it, you can get real unique. Like with, with Khajiit and Argonian, those to me have always stood out as the two most, uh, that allow the most cosmetic creativity with all the little changes and edits. And, you know, there's so many yeah. cosmetics that only work for those two races. Right. Uh, I would love to see another race like that. Yeah, I, I me too. The, those two that I mentioned are the ones that uh, stand out to me: the the Catmo and the whatever that Vulpine race is called. Um, yeah, that could be super cool. But I don't know. I mean, that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves. I think. I mean, this is just a thing on a survey, so who really knows? But uh, it's just cool to it's, talk about and think about. Yeah, it's cool to think about. I think a lot of people would would defer to like, oh, you know, throw in a giant or a troll, and I don't think they can do anything like that. Just because no. it's got to be something that's that's the same size. You know, you got to yeah. think of as much as lore would be awesome. You got to think about it on the developer side too, where it's got to be the similar size. You can't have any yeah, advantages. Yeah, it's not going to be combat. a slowed or something like yeah. that. Like a weird body shape because all the costumes and armor styles and everything still have to fit the character model. yeah yeah um all right so i mean yeah like i said probably who knows if that's actually happening but uh just cool to talk about so that's all that's really going on outside of pts unless you had anything else uh no i don't think no? so so let's move on to pts so this is pts week three uh, i think it's version 6.0.2 um, you know, by the time listeners are, are hearing this, we're just like a day before week four. So, you know, this might be old <laughs> news by then. Um, but it's mostly minor stuff that's happening this week. Uh, some bug fixes, some kind of refinements to some animations, things like that. I think that alone is worth talking about. The fact that not a lot is changing because this is usually the week of the testing cycle where any big changes would happen. You know, they, they drop the patch week one and then they immediately start, you know, taking feedback uh, and, and figuring out what kind of bugs and things there are. And then week two is mostly bug fixes and minor things like that. And then week three is where they really implement um, any big balance changes uh, that need to happen most of the time. That's kind of how the past pattern has been. Yeah. And usually whatever is happening on PTS right now this week is pretty close to what the live patch is going to look like. So I think they're probably pretty happy with things as they are right now. I mean, there are a few changes that we'll talk about, uh, but for the most part, it seems like they feel good about it, and we're probably getting a pretty clear picture of the live patch. Yeah, it seems like a big thing. Like, if you go through and actually look through it, it there are a lot of antiquities, bug fixes, little minor adjustments. Like, it seems like a big focus is them cleaning up antiquities uh, yeah. to have it completely ready, things like that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things they're doing. A lot of refinements to antiquity, just kind of putting the the finishing touches on that, and kind of smoothing off the edges and and that sort of thing. Uh, that's a lot of it. Um, there's also for for combat and ability changes. There's really only one significant change, and that was to the Nightblade's Veiled Strike. Um, this is their uh, melee spammable. Mostly Stamblades use it, but uh, some Magblades use it too. It has a, a stamina and magicka morph. Uh, but it's bread and butter ability for for stamina night blades. 
Um, so right now on the, on the live patch, the way this ability works is um, when you are in stealth and you hit an enemy with this ability, um, it stuns them and sets them off balance. Um, now on, um, on PTS, um, no longer is stealth required, but when you hit them from a flank, so when you're behind them or on either side of them and you hit them with this ability, that's what's going to stun them. So stealth isn't a part of it at all anymore. I think most Nightblade mains are probably not very happy about this uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, reason number one, it's it's a hard CC on your main spammable ability. So, you know, you're spamming this thing all the time, and so you're giving CC to people just kind of willy-nilly, and therefore they're getting CC immunity probably when you don't want them to have it. You know, you're not able to save that CC for when you're about to deliver your big combo and take them out, you know? So whenever you are ready to deliver that combo, well, it's too bad, they're CC immune, so they're probably just gonna be able to block it or dodge it or whatever. Um, so, you know, Nightblades have already been struggling more and more uh, <laughs> to be able to deliver their their deadly combo that they used to be so well known for. Uh, and this is gonna make it uh, even more difficult. It just seems crazy that they're they're taking that stun. They're they're taking your control away from it. Before, if you're in stealth and not in stealth, you have complete control of you knowing. Okay, well, I'll be in stealth. It's going to stun. Now, with it being from a flank, like you know, that's, yeah. And this game has a very loose definition of the word flank. You know, yeah. so it's it's not going to be that easy to control when that happens at all. It's just going to be happening like crazy. This makes Nightblades even less desirable in battlegrounds. Uh, which they're already super undesirable there. But, yeah. you know, if if you're just accidentally applying CC immunity to enemies all the time, you're messing up your teammates' combos as well. You know, like yeah. this is super not desirable. I think that's the biggest impact of this is, you know, Nightblades are already struggling in Battlegrounds. They, they're kind of struggling to find a place. Um, and this only makes it even more difficult for them to be um, kind of on that team and be a part of the team, you know. Yeah, totally. Because people aren't gonna, you know, high high level players they already despise, say like Dragon Knights who use the chain pull in ability all the time because it messes up your combo. You know, yep. uh, it it gives that player that you chained in it gives them CC immunity, and if that player is a fairly well experienced player, they know how to take advantage of that fact. You know, and mm -hmm. they they know like okay, I'm immune to CC right now, so I'm gonna act accordingly. Um, so this, this just makes Nightblades in that same category uh, and it's on their main spammable ability. So if you want to avoid that happening, you have to use a non-class ability in its place. Yep. Uh, and that kind of takes me to my next point here, which this further dilutes the Nightblades class identity of being the stealthy assassin. So yep. we have this main spammable ability, their main spammable the ability that they use more often than anything else that uh, strongly encourages them to use stealth to get to get the stun out of it. Uh, and now it has nothing to do with stealth whatsoever. You could just not st slot stealth at all, or cloak at all, um, and this ability is still going to work the exact same way uh, as it would without it, with or without it. Um, so, you know, Nightblades have been having their identity diluted bit by bit over the past couple of years. We've talked about that in previous episodes, and this is just another tiny nail in that class identity coffin. The one thing I will say about this is that there may be something to this that uh, in Battlegrounds, you know, one of the one of the issues with Nightblades and Battlegrounds is that it's very team based. And when Nightblades go into stealth and run off by themselves, that's always any high level players 
that always creates an issue because now there's a team of three running around right. that they're always going to be outnumbered. There may be something to this that that it is discouraging uh, Nightblades from being in stealth. You know, it it kind of discourages them from from going into stealth and them actually being visible. So maybe this causes them to be more of a team player. But I don't know. It's such a unique situation because, like you said, I mean, a Nightblade is it really does seem like they're kind of slowly deteriorating on their yeah. their identity. Well, and you know, Nightblades just don't make great team players. They're their class isn't designed that way. They don't have any real synergies to share with their team. They don't really have a lot of group utility to offer, Stamblades yeah. especially. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, them kind of being not so encouraged to use stealth helps a little bit. But like I was just saying, in its place, they have this weird yeah. CC, CC yeah. that they're throwing around everywhere. Yeah, is the bonuses that you gain from not going to stealth now are just completely lost by throwing a CC like crazy. In, in my opinion, the the value that uh, a Stamblade can add to a battleground is just truly being able to gank people and take them out yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Uh, if you can do that, then by all means, use your stealth, go nuts. If you can take people out quickly, um, mm-hmm. then great, do that. Um, mm-hmm. this is not going to help them do that at all. It's going to make it even more difficult for them. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the only time on a battleground where a Nightblade, if it's a truly successful Nightblade, if they're just racking up kills left and right as they're roaming around the map by themselves, uh, then it is it is really beneficial. But Yeah, because we're in that case, the rest of the team isn't fighting outnumbered because that right. dude is taking enemies off the map at a frequent pace, you know. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I feel like I don't even play a Nightblade hardly at all. And like when I fight against them, I like get irritated. I like really don't like them. <laughs> but I feel like I feel I've been feeling sorry for them a lot here lately. Uh, it's it's sad to see. Yeah, I get that. I, I kind of feel that same way. It's it's still one of the you know, it's one of the original classes. And so to see them, it's it's a bummer to see them and just kind of see them shunned by the rest of the, the PVP world. Yeah, and their their place has always I felt has always been like in Cyrodiil, like that's yep. kind of where their play style I guess belongs. Um, and you know, even that, even in that environment, it, it's becoming more and more difficult for them to thrive. You know, and there yep. are good Stamblades, Don't get me wrong, but uh, like I've said before, those are just good players who would be good on any class, and that's just the class they choose. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on. Enough lamenting about Nightblades. <laughs> um, there are a handful of set changes. We'll start off with the mythic items here. So Bloodlord's Embrace. This is the one where that first week we were talking about this, we were not very stoked about this set, right? It seemed kind of boring to us. Turns out all they really need to do to, to capture my interest is just crank these numbers up. Uh, that's, that's all it takes. So uh, as a reminder, this is the, the one-piece mythic item, the chess piece, um, where uh, when you wear it, when you bash an enemy, you give them a curse, uh, and then from that point forward, you restore magicka when you block an enemy, or when you block an attack from that enemy, um, and that happens once per second. So the amount of magicka that you restore, it, it was 685 every time you block from that cursed enemy. Now it's 1,535, so more wow. than double. What a what a buff! <laughs> what a gigantic buff! That's the one and only change they made is just jacking that number up. Uh, and now I went from I've gone from ah, meh to this set to man, I need to get a hold of one of these things. Real <laughs> yeah. Bad. So this would obviously be amazing for any sword and shield magicka build, 
But the thing that I'm really curious about is what about frost tanks? So I, I did a little um, a little fiddling with numbers here. So um, according to the UESP build editor, your base block cost is 1,730, right? And if you if you equip a frost staff, it costs magicka instead of stamina. Um, so this thing is giving you 1,535 magicka when you block. So that means effectively, it actually costs about 200 magicka to block with a frost staff if you're wearing this piece. And that's without champion points. If you factor champion points into the equation, you can get your block cost down to about 1,300. So in that case, you're actually gaining magicka when you block with a frost staff. Um, that's that's an awesome so idea. So that's super interesting. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people have been like really wanting frost tanks to kind of be taken up a notch, a notch or two. I mean, they've been viable for a while, but for really elite end game stuff, really kind of not. Um, I wonder. I mean, I really don't know. I don't have a lot of experience, especially like with PVE tanking. Uh, but I do wonder if this makes frost tanks the new tanking meta i don't know if yeah, anyone listening I mean, has any uh insight that they'd like to share maybe tell me why that could or could not be the case uh, I'd, I'd love to hear it because like i said i don't have a lot of tanking experience but it's that seems wild yeah well and it, it's it's really good on any tank you know it seems like any tank could benefit oh, yeah from this. any tank whatsoever for sure um so that's cool um the thracian stranglers so I guess a bit of a nerf to this one, which I'm glad because I'm freaking terrified of this thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, in addition to the 2% damage taken per stack, so let me just remind everyone, this is a thing where you kill an enemy and you, you gain these stacks, up to 20 stacks, uh, and each stack uh, increases your damage taken by 2% and gives you what was like 150 spell damage per stack. Um, so you get up to like 3,000 spell damage uh, and 40% additional damage taken when you have all 20 stacks. So they're adding, um, let's see here, so your healing taken and your damage shield effectiveness are also being reduced by 2% per stack. So you'll be taking 40% less healing as well, and your damage shields will be 40% less effective in addition to you taking 40% more damage. That's, that's you're, you're giving all that up in exchange for a stack of 3,000 weapon damage. Now they do um, point out, they say, uh, please note, this set still has the opt-out mechanic of activating crouch or invisibility. And I think that's an important thing to note. So if you have all your stacks and you recognize a situation where, like, I'm probably going to die right now. There's, I'm, out, I'm outnumbered. I have all these stacks. I'm taking all this additional damage. So you can just opt out. You basically just have to do a quick teabag. You know, you don't even have to go fully into stealth. You just, you just tap crouch and, and then stand right back up. All the stacks are gone. You're taking a normal amount of damage to everyone else. You have a normal amount of healing. Your shields work normally, but you've lost that 3,000 stack of spell damage. Um, yeah. I, I, I wasn't really considering that, but uh, I think that is cool that you can just very quickly be like, I, I, want, I want these stacks gone right now. Yeah, I think this is a good change. I mean, the amount of damage this is going to add to a character is terrifying. Yes. Uh, but I also think this is a good change, you know, make it more risky to get that amount of damage. I like that change. Uh, and I think really good players are going to learn how to make that a part of their, their play styles. You know, maybe they, maybe they have, they get up to 10 stacks or maybe they get up to seven stacks, you know, wipe a group 
and then crouch restart over you know or you know if they get up to 20 stacks and like you said i mean yeah, i think you can, it's you can learn how to kind of find where your sweet spot is and yeah and, and work it yeah i think that they're gonna learn all right i need this amount of stacks and then to go and uh, you know take out this group and things like that i think players are really gonna learn you know what certain stack certain amount of stacks where they want to be based on the situation mm-hmm yeah, I think this is good. I think uh, a lot of people were curious about um, Magsorks stacking shields wearing this thing. Uh, so this definitely addresses that concern, I think. Um, so this next one you wanted to add to the list here. Uh, Winter's Respite set now properly functions with Necromancer Tethers. Yeah, I just, you know, I didn't even really think about this. I guess, you know, this was just a simple bug fix they did. But, uh, you know, the Necromancer Tethers are zero cost. Mm-hmm. And this automatically procs if you put something on the ground, which a tether would count for that. Yeah. And so you have full control of this proc set. You know, you get to choose when, you know, now it still has a 10 second cooldown. So you, once you do proc it, you're, you know, that's set for 10 seconds. Right. Uh, but so you this just seems save like a, that tether for, for yeah. when you want that. Um, yeah, I think the, the point you made of the tether being free is pretty huge because this is a strong a very strong yeah. healing proc that this set provides and to get that for zero cost is significant yeah and and guaranteed 100 percent uptime because yeah. it's a zero cost so every 10 seconds you just hit that tether uh you know and they've done a they've done a really good job to make necromancers uh always have um corpses you know they mm-hmm. it's very easy to have corpses for a necromancer so you can be hitting those tethers um, this seems like a, a kind of a, a scary combo for for necromancer healers. This could be yeah, honestly, uh, this could be interesting. That could be that could be really really cool. All right, well let's move on to Stoon's favor now. We need to have a moment of silence. Let's or... yes, or let's just all you know just take a moment. Stoon's Stoon's favor. We hardly knew the gosh. <laughs> Uh, Just... It has been significantly nerfed um, this week on PTS, uh, substantially nerfed. Uh, so uh, last week, th- they nerfed it last week too, I think a reasonable amount. Um, so last week the version of Stunes was it would give you 11,130 spell or physical penetration against off-balance targets. Right. So anytime you damage someone who is off-balance, you just have this amount of penetration against them. Um, now it works more like the armor of truth. Um, so you gain five thousand three hundred twelve physical spell penetration for ten seconds when you damage an off-balance enemy. So now it's above. Now it's a ten-second buff that you get when you do damage to someone who is off-balance, uh, rather than just having that penetration against an off-balance target. Um, it's less than half the amount of penetration that we had last week. So just for comparison's sake, you can compare this to Spinner or Spriggan. Those are basically just the same sets, but just a Magicka or Stamina versions of each other. Those sets uh, give you 3,450 penetration at all times. No, no condition required. Just wear the set, 3,450 penetration. So think of Student's Favor here with the 5312 penetration in a, in a 1v1 fight. You give a player off balance, and then when that off balance ends, they get 15 seconds of immunity to off balance. So over a 20 second duration, you're going to have at least five seconds of downtime on students' favor, and that's assuming that all you're doing is just spamming dizzying swing the whole time, right? 
So actually, realistically, you're probably going to have more downtime than that. So, but assuming you're just spamming Dizzing Swing, that actually averages out to about 4,000 penetration uh, over the course of time. So if Spriggan and Spinner is giving me 3450 unconditional penetration all the time, I just don't know if it's worth me trying to worry about, well, have I damaged an off-balance target recently? Do I have my buff up? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm probably just going to be better off putting Spriggan on and I don't have to think about anything. I just I just have that penetration. It's still a very good amount of penetration. Um, and what if they block your, you know, your ability you're trying to set them off balance with? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 1v1, absolutely do not. I would say do not use this set. Use, use Spinner instead or Spriggan. Uh, BGs would be the ideal environment for this set. Uh, the developers refer to it as a target-rich environment. So there's... There's probably a lot of people who are off balance all the time. So if you just have like caltrops on the ground or something like that, and someone who's off balance walks through it, then boom, you, you get the buff. So yeah. there's probably, you're probably going to have a high uptime on this if you have a lot of AOE in a BG. Um, but even so, to me, it just, it adds to the mental load. You know, there's BGs are chaotic. There's a lot of just like in the moment, fast decision making you have to make. Uh, and, you know, to me, it's already like quite a lot to keep track of in my mind. And to have this other layer of, oh, have I damaged an off-balance target? Do I have my damage buff? Yes or no? You know, it might be too late. I might be dead by the time I've processed that information, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And is that going to be an easy buff to see, that, to know you have it or not know you have it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a visual indicator or not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Armor of Truth suffered the same fate it was like a super awesome set i mean you experienced this you were using that <laughs> I, set right i experienced this firsthand armor of truth i loved it uh then they made the changes that's why this is you know this is just another example zoss has been listening in <laughs> they're terrified of stoon's goons so they nerfed it we were still you know we're still strong still going they listen in again. They're terrified again. They're like, you know what? We've really got to... Like, they got that third member now. They've yeah, grown by 50%. <laughs> Have you seen their charts? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it. Uh, they're just, you know, they're terrified of these Stoonskins. They're trying to bring us down. But... We're still going. We're, this, we're not going to let this We're still stop going us. strong. It's gone from, okay, everybody gets a free set of students to now everyone's required <laughs> to have a set of students. You, everybody <laughs> that joins, have, you have to take your set of students. You have to wear it on Goon Night. Yeah. Goon Night might just be us getting steamrolled now, but we're still going to do it. It's still, it's still happening. It's team building, guys. I think this is actually Dunes good goons. for the guild, you know, because oh, yeah. we kind of get turned off by like being hardcore like strict to the meta we don't really like yeah. doing that and it looked like this set was very much going to be the meta so i think it's good that it's probably not going to be the meta now but we're still going to be like championing it like it's the <laughs> yes. best thing ever oh yeah um, so yeah that'll be that'll be cool i i mean all jokes aside uh about the students goons and all of that i am glad that this set was toned down because kind of like the thracian stranglers i was a little bit afraid of just what the PVP environment's going to be like with this out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad they toned it down. I just, I just think like they often do, they went too far with it. Uh, and now, you know, it went from being a set that was overshadowing everything else in the entire patch to now being one of the least interesting things in the whole patch. Yeah. So, so two things, one, the, it's interesting the note they say similar to armor of truth, because 
as someone who used Armor of Truth at its, you know, during its glory time, um, it was a great set. And then when they made that change, I don't know anybody. Yeah, it has, it has greatly fallen out of favor. It's actually. just not used anymore. So it's interesting that, you know, they have to have the numbers to see that everybody stopped using Armor of Truth. So it's interesting to see, okay, we're going to we're gonna make this a little more similar to Armor of Truth style. And it's, it's I don't know, that was interesting to me because it's... I mean, it seems to be like Armor a strategic decision, you know, like yeah. they want the set to be less popular. And I don't know if it's necessarily strictly from a balance perspective, you know. I, I wonder if they have some chart written up where they they want these sets to be more desirable than these sets i have no idea it's just yeah. speculation but it just yeah but you're right i mean it seems obvious like they can see what happened with armor of truth surely so um yeah they they want this set to be just as popular as armor of truth it's <laughs> yeah. kind of what yeah. you can infer there yeah it's yeah. kind of crazy yeah and yeah. so the second thing with these changes they've kind of changed that like i don't really they've kind of changed my whole mindset of what we're going into i don't yeah. think we're going into this crazy damage glass cannon anymore i don't yeah i mean there'll be know, some meta. you'll probably see some of those builds out there uh sure but uh in general yeah it's probably it's probably not going to be i mean i think damage will be high it'll be higher than it is this patch but yeah it's not going to be like this insanity that we were looking at <laughs> the last couple of weeks yeah uh, but you know, Baylorg is still getting that bi its big bug as well. So yeah. that's still going to be something to look out for. Yep. Um, so anyway, um, let's move on from well, students. We just, well, I just have to say, final note, guys. Don't let this discourage you, student schoons. We're still going strong. Still going strong. You are required to have a set of students once <laughs> a week. Once a week, you have to send me screenshots of all <laughs> all five students' pieces, um, and or you're kicked out of the guild. No, me and Kev talked about jokes. a week. <laughs> yeah, me and Kev talked about we might run ten pieces of students. Ten for piece students for with a two with a two piece students monster set. Yeah, <laughs> meta. It's gonna be this students goons meta right there. Um. All right, uh, last armor set that we're going to talk about here, they got changed a little bit, is uh, Vrol's Command. Uh, this is one of the trial sets, uh, the tanking set. So just as a reminder, this is the one that uh, when you do a heavy attack, it gives up to six players major ages for 10 seconds, and that can happen every 28 seconds. Um, now you can give major ages to all 12 members of your trial, your trial group uh, when you do that heavy attack. The cooldown's still exactly the same. So I could definitely see some progression groups using this. Maybe if there's a group trying to get through a difficult veteran trial and they're they're struggling and they're wiping frequently, this could be a set that maybe a tank could equip to help them get through a difficult mechanic. Uh, but otherwise, I I think with elite groups, groups that are like trying to like set good scores and get achievements and stuff like that, I I doubt this sees much use in those groups. Um, mostly what those guys are wanting from tanks is some way to help the damage dealers do more damage. Um, that's That seems to be what they're mostly interested in there. Um, but I'm glad that this set got a bit of a buff because people were really seemed not very interested in it at all. Um, so this may help it out a bit. Yeah, I'm excited to see it get buffed up a little bit, but I am I am slightly bummed. You know, from its first iteration, it was, uh, I love the idea of it being, it was this very strong tanking set, and it really just buffed all of the, the melee people of the group. You mm -hmm. know, if you're in melee, you're getting buffed, you're near the tank, he's buffing that group up, and now it's more of a of an overall group thing. Um, 
I just I think it was a little bit more unique in its first iteration, where now it's kind of it's. I think it'll probably still be used, like you said, uh, but it just it, it seems to kind of lost some of its uniqueness to me. So anyway, that's rules command. Uh, definitely good to see it get buffed. Probably still not going to be super duper popular. Uh, anything else that you wanted to mention from the patch notes from the PTS patch notes this week? I think that's I think that's everything. Sweet. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk a little bit about what we've been up to here lately. Sounds good. All right, we're back from break. So let's talk a little bit about what we've been up to in the Elder Scrolls Online here lately. Davius, why don't you start us off, man? Yeah, so uh, a little unique this week, you know, um, been leveling up some characters, got some new build ideas, especially for the patch launch. And so I kind of went uh, a little old school um, and went back. I had never um, gone all the way through the Dark Brotherhood quest line. I'd, I'd started on it on a couple of characters, but I'd never really gone all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, finished it out, went back and actually finished out that whole quest uh quest line this week it's pretty cool right? um yeah it's a really cool quest line i think they did a really good job um it's also interesting to see the differences between kind of the older quest lines compared to the new ones um mm-hmm. i always compare you know the thieves guild and dark brotherhood are kind of like the the two original quest lines to me um yeah i think those are the first two dlcs yeah, yeah, so it's kind of interesting to go back and look at those and then compare those to, um, like, uh, Sigic Order or something like that. Like, these are – they are fantastic. They did such a good job on them, but, man, they are a grind. <laughs> they are Because uh, you really have to do dailies and find ways to get the, the skill line up before – you know, you have to gain a level before it unlocks, unlocks each new – uh, quest of the main skill. Yeah, like the story. Um, the story doesn't progress until you level up the yeah. skill line to a certain point. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, when I first initially was thinking about that, I was thinking, you know, I don't like how they did that. I don't like that they they kind of locked it that way. You know, they don't do that anymore, and I think that's a good thing because yeah. that's one of the reasons I think a lot of people haven't completed this quest line. Or you know, I can say that's one reason that I had always started and kind of fallen off because you get to you know you you get into it, you get up to a certain point. And then it's like, oh, hey, you, you need to do, you know, nine daily quests uh, before you can, you know, nine of these of these repeatable quests before you can continue with it. And it's just, you know, you kind of get to a point where you're like, well, I'm going to go find other things to do. Maybe you do two of those or you tell yourself, I'll just kind of sporadically do those. And then you just kind of fall off and get lost elsewhere in the game. So is the uh, Dark Brotherhood, is that the one with the Shadow Rider passive? Yes. Yes, it does have that, which is a fantastic passive. That's that's the reason to do the Dark Brotherhood <laughs> uh, is to get that passive. If um, if people listening have never done Dark Brotherhood before, uh, the Shadow Rider passive um, it reduces your detection radius from Overland mobs by fifty percent while mounted. So um, you know if you have that passive, you can just like ride your horse straight through an enemy camp and they don't even know you're there at all. It's really really awesome. If you do any kind of mat farming or you go and like hunt down um sky shards lore books anything like that it just makes those kinds of grinds uh, a lot easier because you're not drawing aggro all the time as you're traversing the land but yeah overall i mean dark brotherhood it's you know if if people haven't done it i do recommend doing it it's a great storyline it's very detailed so that was that was a, a lot of what i was doing within characters and games uh and then the other the other thing that i've been doing this week uh i've had just 
kind of this big theory crafting week. Mm-hmm. Um, come up with kind of some some multiple characters. Uh, the first one I'm going to go into, you know, we've already talked about this one. And I don't want to over talk it, but I'm very excited about it. Is the the Never Ending Nord uh, Vampire Health build? Yeah. Uh, they've they've updated the build editor where it um, is actually working with the um, new ju- uh, jewelry. The cost glyph. reduction glyph. The cost reduction glyph mm-hmm. is now working, and so I can kind of really see what my final numbers are, and so. Um, you know, in past episodes, I've talked about this build. It's, it's, it's kind of my idea for a new necromancer. Uh, they have so many, um, uh, new necromancer vampire, I should say. Uh There's so many between the, the, the new vampire skill line and the necromancer having so many blood costing abilities that or free, free or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Free abilities or health costing abilities that I say blood costing, uh, that's, they're always blood themed, but Uh, health costing abilities is so I, I put together this idea where instead of it being a magic or stamina build, it's actually health is the main resource for the build. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I just kind of wanted to go through some of the numbers now that I can kind of finally see the actual reduction. So I'm able to do the spammable is the new vampire, you know, the blood for blood. I didn't, you know, I went with that morph. The spammable cost for this after my uh, the reduction is 713 health. Uh, cost for the spammable yeah um that's which like is, not yeah. even a dot tick you know yeah. yeah so i mean just i really think that in it, it it as i have it right now it hits for seven thousand. but however whatever percentage health you're missing it gets that percentage uh damage buff mm-hmm. and so you know just to play with some numbers like if i'm at 70 uh, percent health or 60 percent health even uh this bumps up to a nine uh ten thousand uh, damage spammable so yeah um some some really cool stuff the other big part of it is that i have the uh blood mist so the mist form uh i have that cost down to 281 magicka per second that that is really awesome <laughs> so i feel like that out this, there all day yeah I'm just, in just, form. just can hang out in mist form so uh, so that build, I'm always, you know, been tinkering. That's the one that I'm most excited about in this upcoming And that's a uh, patch. stage four vampire with the vampire lord set and the new cost reduction jewelry. All those yes. things are all kind of combining to bring those costs yes. so far down. Yes. And then uh, the other set I went with is uh, Bloodspawn uh, and Ancient Dragon Guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with Bloodspawn just because with all that cost reduction, now the glyphs don't affect to this, but the stage four vampire does do... Uh, cost reduction on the ultimate so i've got the ultimate cost where you can transform into that scion down to 120 so just threw blood spawn on to just kind of get to that quicker and quicker yeah and we, we talked about this before but i i just it's just so cool with with it costing that that low of an amount and it having a 20 second duration i think yeah. i think you're probably gonna almost always be in that form yeah kind of like how always werewolves, go- like werewolves if they play right, they can kind of stay in werewolf form indefinitely. And I think you're probably yes. going to have a similar thing going there. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, yeah. So this is definitely the build I'm most excited about. Um, some other ones that I've kind of come up with this week. Like I said, I kind of had this uh, explosion of theory crafting this week. Um, I've had a Magsork that I leveled up uh, a while ago now. And Magsork is just not for me. <laughs> just don't like it. I just don't like it. I, you know, we've talked about this. Magsork is probably the most powerful PvP class out there. Just if you just, if we're just talking a base level, you have a whole bunch of characters on the same level. 
uh, in my opinion, I would say Magsork is probably it's either, the strongest It's either class. Magsork or any stamina build with a two-hander. It's one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> one of those two. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm with you. Magsork, extremely powerful, for sure. Yes. Uh, and anytime there's like a meta or strongest class, that usually turns me off from when I go away. And I still made a Magsork. You know, I wanted to find a unique way to, uh, to make one, but... Uh, I just couldn't find a way to get away from the Magsor combo. You know, it's it's such a strong combo that it just really overpowers anything else yeah, that you want to try to do the curse, with a Magsor. The curse fury frags, typical yes. kind of front bar setup, yeah. Yes, I mean, you almost always have to have this. Um, so I just kind of had shelved this character uh, after I kind of came to that realization. You felt like there just wasn't a lot of room for creativity. To Yeah, I just, I just couldn't find a, a creative, unique way to play it. I, I just felt like it, regardless of what I was doing, it was just going to be another mag sork out there. Um, and I didn't want to do a pet sork. <laughs> sure. Uh, we all appreciate so, that. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so uh, with kind of, you know, you kind of inspired me to do this. So I was playing around with the build editor and, and theory crafting and now i've decided to switch the build to a stam sword yeah that's what i'm talking about uh, yeah and i'm very excited for this eternal vigor set probably the number one set i'm most excited about for yeah. the new patch drop and the you know we talked about its perfect pairing with ancient dragon guard yeah and so so uh, remind us just in case people don't remember remind us what those sets do exactly yeah sure so ancient dragon guard uh is the um, five piece when you're above 50 percent health uh, it adds 300 uh, weapon or spell damage uh, and then when you're below 50 percent health it adds 3460 physical and spell resistance so i love the the idea that it you know above 50 percent health you're encouraged to be on the attack and then when you're below 50 percent health it kind of adds into your tankiness and and makes you more tanky so you can get you can have more opportunity to get your health back up to go back on the offensive. Uh, Eternal Vigor is basically just the perfect match with that set. Uh, above above 50% health, it adds 337 stamina and magicka recovery. Below 50% health, it adds 1011 health recovery. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, in this upcoming patch, I think that's even going to be stronger than Troll King. That's... Uh... That's such a perfect pair. You have Ancient Dragon Guard, that's, it gives you both damage and defense, and then you have this Eternal Vigor that gives you both sustain and defense. So yes. like all the bases are covered between those two sets right there. And you, so you, I, I imagine you have a lot of flexibility in what else you want to do with the build from there. Yeah, so exactly. And so it just seems like such a perfect pairing. For the monster set, I went with Grundwolf just to add a little bit more uh, sustain on both sides of things because I think you need stamina, but you also need magicka. Mm -hmm. um, so just piecing those together, you know, I found a really fun build. I think it's going to be really unique, um, and and I think I'm actually really really going to enjoy my uh, sorcerer now. Uh, I went with dual wield. Mm -hmm. um, dual wield you know, stamsork is just mm, yeah, so so perfect. I love it. Yeah, I just I, I I'm just this is a build that I I really am excited about. I'm really excited to get the sork out there. Uh, I love both of these sets, and the fact that they just go together is even more exciting. Um, yeah, I feel and like I just, they I, intentionally they like made this like sister set for Ancient Dragon Guard. Or like I feel like that was their intention. Like we want these two sets to go together. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And and it's it's just I love the idea of above fifty percent health, 
I'm all in on the offensive. I've got everything I need. I've got the sustain. I've got the damage uh, below 50% health. Uh, I immediately, you know, I, I, like a turtle going into a shell. <laughs> and so, and then the, I did come up with one more build that I have to talk about. This one is a little ridiculous, but, you know, we've talked a little bit about it. Uh, I think I'm for sure going to do it. I was, you know, I was going to ask originally, is this just a silly idea or is it going to be a fun idea? So the last one I have is that I, I finally made a, a night blade. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be a stam blade. And the idea that I had with this is, you know, I've, I've wanted to make a werewolf, werewolf build for a while. Uh, with the upcoming patch, you know, werewolves are going to be very strong. Yeah. Uh, plus kind of goes with the theme of Greymoor. So, I uh, thought it'd be cool to have a werewolf. You know, we've talked about how fun it would be to run around in Imperial City as a group with a bunch of werewolves. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, it'd be a lot of fun. So uh, I don't have everything pieced together on this build, but I do have the idea. And the idea is that I'm actually going to make a a gank blade. And then when people get up in melee range or find me... So or, you, you mean know, a, they bo- actually, a bow ganker? A bow gank, yes, yeah. a bow gank build. And when people actually get up next to me and they actually finally get a hold of me, he'll transform into a werewolf yes. and it'll be it'll be exactly what I wanted. So I'm this annoying stealth bow gank build that is, you know, that you that, that we all know them. You know, they annoy you. So you finally get frustrated. So you go after them. And you're thinking, you to, you OK, know, this this bow ganker role player, I'm going to go get me an easy kill yeah. real quick. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's when this guy turns into uh, a werewolf and is all about. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be so much fun. Uh, it'll be perfect when people actually come do in melee range. You know, that'll be the actual point of the build is to be in the werewolf. So, yeah, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So you're just uh, boganking people. They're going to get pissed off. Come come try <laughs> to get a quick, easy kill. And then guess what? Werewolf, baby. And you just start giving them the claws. <laughs> oh yeah so yeah. i'm i'm very very excited about this yeah. i think it's gonna be a lot of fun uh i'm i'm pumped about the name uh you know all my characters were all nords uh you know i'll only make nords so i always you know i've got a character never ending nord a lord of nords uh this character i came up with uh gift of the rift gift of the rift <laughs> gift Beautiful. of the rift which uh as you all know there's the nord you know there's a skyrim nord zone the rift mm-hmm. uh so very excited about this build i don't have any sets or any, you know any of the skill bars made just kind of the idea of it and so that's something that going forward i'll start piecing together but i do love the idea of being this annoying bogink build that when they finally get to it turns into a werewolf and has a whole new set of problems uh, i think it's going to be a lot of fun that's awesome yeah that's going to be freaking hilarious especially if it's like truly a deadly build like you're actually like really killing people which i'm sure you will <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's it's gonna be a lot of fun cool is that it i think that was it sweet well i'll talk a little bit about what i've been up to i've been making a lot of builds as well um i've been uh, working some more on my stamplar which i talked about before uh so i think i have the gear locked in i've changed it up a little bit since the last time we talked so now I'm looking at Trappings of Invigoration, Hulking Draugr, and Grundwolf. And I think that's going to be a really awesome setup. I actually feel really confident about this one. I think between Trappings of Invigoration and Grundwolf, those two sets combined are going to be giving me so much sustain that I don't really need to invest in sustain otherwise. I can just go all damage on my glyphs, damage Moondestone, all of that. She's still going to have the same kind of roly-poly kind of playstyle that she had before because we're getting that base crit resistance added. 
So I'm just going to be doing uh, three pieces of end pen uh, and then well fitted on all the rest. So she's still going to have a lot of that cost reduction for sprinting and roll dodging. And she may even come out ahead with, with all the really good sustain that I'm getting from the sets. Um, she might even, you know, effectively be able to roll dodge and sprint even more than she did before. It's a crazy thought because that is a that's a that's a roll dodge build, but yeah, yeah, I uh, love that speedy roly poly kind of play style. I know it annoys people, but you know, <laughs> every play style annoys somebody. You know, so I always respect your play style because I do think it's a high skill play style. I'm much more Nord tanky, uh, and I think I open laid met. I think that's a less skill play style. It's the one I it's enjoy. A, I don't know if I'd use the word skilled. I'll use Zoss's language and say it's a high actions per minute play style, certainly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, that makes sense. You know, and if you're actually like getting kills and like getting the job done, then it, it takes it does take a bit of skill. You know, I don't think it takes a lot of skill to just make a fast build and kite people around endlessly, uh, you know, and never kill anyone. I feel like that's probably not super difficult to do. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a high actions per minute uh, thing, absolutely. Yeah, um, but I'm really excited about it. This is my very favorite character, uh, and uh, I think she's going to be better than ever. She's probably going to actually end up being my hardest hitting character, which is kind of wild because I have some very hard hitting characters. So that's that. I've also been working on a stamina necromancer build, and this dude's actually almost done. I have to transmute like one piece of armor, and then he's like totally finished. Uh, he's another roly poly. I do play things with sides roly polies. I promise. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it just it's just so fun on a stamina necromancer. He's a tiny little wood elf. Um, it's a bow build, uh, bow, like bow on the front bar. And uh, he's using Bone Pirate, which is actually the set that Betsy used to be wearing. So he inherited that. Um, <laughs> he's putting that with Spriggan. And right now the monster set is a mismatch between Krog and Doma House. Uh, I think that might be what I keep, but I'm a little undecided on it. But it's super fun. It's a really speedy, another like really speedy, like speed capped, roly poly build. Uh, but having like my minions running around and stuff and being able to kind of weave in and out of them and line of sight them at the same time. And, and at the same time, those minions are healing me and damaging my enemies and all this other stuff. You know, I haven't actually taken them into some BGs yet, but I feel confident that it's going to be a good solid build that actually gets the job done and has this like zany, wacky kind of place. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited for everyone to see the build video for this character because you really it it's you, the whole experience isn't fully complete until you see the look of this character. This guy looks it amazing. Just, oh yeah. man, it just makes everything so much better. This guy looks like he is straight up out of like a Halloween cartoon movie or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, he is he's fantastic looking and 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 to see him in in action just rolling around and he's speeding he's moving he's hitting people at range it's uh yeah it's this builds this builds uh pretty awesome i'm I'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be it's gonna be super fun um so uh, another build that i'm just now starting to work on and it probably it's probably too early to even really talk about it but i just i just kind of hit upon this this idea for a build last night that I'm just so stoked about. I, I just want to talk about it a little bit. So it's a, it's a Magicka Necromancer um, PvP support healer build. Uh, and this thing is this thing is going to be amazing. I can't wait. Uh, I'm still, I'm still a, a ways off. I still have to farm some gear. I, I have some work to do to get this thing together. Um, it's going to be so cool. So right now this character is a Dark Elf. I'm thinking of changing to an Argonian. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that. Um, just for the extra uh, healing done. 
Um, the sets that I'm going to be using, I'm pretty sure, is going to be uh, Healing Mage, aka Mending, uh, with the new uh, Cyrodiil Crafted set, Critical Repost, and I think I'm going to use Earth Gore for the monster set. Um, so if you don't know Healing Mage, this is a, a set, the, the five piece bonus makes it so that whenever you cast uh, an AoE healing ability, it reduces the weapon damage of all nearby enemies by 430. So it's basically taking their New Moon Acolyte damage bonus away, <laughs> because that's probably what they're yes. wearing, right? <laughs> um, and this Critical Repost set, this thing is really cool too. So with the five piece, whenever you take critical damage, you reduce that enemy's critical strike chance and critical damage done by 10%, which is a pretty significant debuff, uh, I would say. And another cool thing about this set is it gives you two lines of critical resistance. The I think the two and the four piece bonuses are like um, 400 crit resist each, um, which is pretty unique. And what's cool about that is with this new base crit, re crit resistance that we're getting with Greymore that's just being added to your character, that's that's enough. With the base crit resistance and the two lines that this this set gives you, that's more critical resistance than I have right now with all impen. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go all divines on all seven pieces. I'm using the, the healing Mundus, so that's going to bump that up to like 15% extra healing done. Um, it's going to be sweet. And we're just like super going all in on healing done stats right uh there's I, I won't get into all the details right now but there's like a bunch of percentage healing done amplifiers that are just getting my healing numbers to ridiculous heights like um, insane levels radiating regeneration has a 30k tooltip and i'm not talking about rapid regeneration i'm talking about the the longer duration one that heals for a lesser amount you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's healing for 30,000 over 10 seconds. So that's, those are, that's, you know, 3k per second, which of course your healing taken in, in PVP is reduced, but just going off of tooltips, you know, it's a lot. It is insane amount of heals. The, uh, the resistant flush, the main spammable heal is going to be like 11,000, uh, which is just outrageous. And my, um, my intensive mender little spirit guy that follows me around um, that's an eight second long uh, duration, and he's going to be healing for 9,000 every two seconds. So he's basically just automatically popping out Breath of Life every two seconds. <laughs> and that's a smart heal, so that'll go to me or whoever needs it, whoever's low on health. Um, and who, who doesn't wish they didn't have a Magpular following them around all the time, popping Breath of Life every yeah, two seconds? <laughs> without me even ever thinking about it, you know? Like there might be someone I don't standing behind uh, me that I don't see, and he's about to die. Don't worry about it. The Mender's got him. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Um, so that's all the builds I've been working on. I've also been doing a lot of PVE. I think a lot of it, along with you, uh, we did that um, that veteran Moongrave Fane run to get our Grundwolf. So now we both have a set of Grundwolf in our inventory. That's awesome. Wanting to... <laughs> we both come up with theory crafting that has Grundwolf on set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome set. I've been wanting to get a hold of it basically since it has been in the game. So I'm glad that we did that. And that was a really fun dungeon too. Uh, we talked about that. So much fun. Uh, it was. You know, we did it on vet. We did not do hard mode, but we did do it on veteran. It was just the right amount of challenge. We were all in Discord talking. We wiped a few times, but you know, we worked together. We used our brains. We figured it out. We got through it, and it. It wasn't like, I don't think at any point it was overly frustrating. It was just like a nice evening's entertainment. Yeah. One of the most, one of the most fun dungeons I've done in a, in a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
Um, I also we also did Fang Layer uh, to get me some of these trappings of invigoration pieces. I accidentally cued us for veteran on that one, even though I, <laughs> uh, we we intended to do normal because we didn't need the mon- monster set. Um, but I accidentally cued for vet. I just wasn't paying attention to what we were doing. That is an incredibly difficult dungeon. Uh, we were not <laughs> prepared for that. That final boss fight was frustrating. All all of the good things about. Um... Uh, what's the name of the Grundwolf dungeon? I'm sorry. Moongrave uh, Fane. Moon, all the great things about Moongrave Fane, not like not the same on uh, uh, Fane I mean, it's it's a well designed dungeon. I think it's just it's hard, man. It's difficult. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks really cool, and I do agree. Like the design is cool. Um, you know, the 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 story along, you know, going through it is cool. I just like mechanics overload, overload for yeah. for especially the final fight there's just there's so much going on that we you i just feel like you you just lose yourself in what exactly the whole fight is about because there's just so many things and the boss has a on. second health bar as well yeah so it's like this really frustrating fight and then like thank god it's finally over oh my god it's not over I have to <laughs> no find this boss not over, over again <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i mean i'm sure it's really enjoyable to like maybe some more hardcore PVE people than we are. You know, we're basically yeah, PVP players who are just trying to get the gear. Um, but man, that was a toughie. Yeah. Oh, if you hear sirens yeah, in toughie. the background, where, where I live at noon every Saturday, they test the tornado sirens. So I don't know if the recording is picking that up, but if you can hear it, that's what it is. It's not. Uh, it's not an emergency. This happens <laughs> noon every single Saturday. You know, it is not a Silent Hill situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that happened while we were recording last weekend, and I didn't acknowledge it. And then when I was listening back, I was like, "Oh man, that sounds scary." If you don't know what that is, <laughs> hey, Stoon's goons are dedicated. All yeah. right, we're gonna we're gonna get through scrolling regardless yeah. of what's going on. <laughs> Uh, and then the only other uh, PVE thing I did is I did um, Veteran Ethereum Archive, the, the Craglorn Trial, to get some of that uh, those mending pieces, which I got like four pieces, uh, and that was really cool. I'd never done that trial before, and I just it was a cool story because I'm I'm in this really big guild. They're called Shades of Sithis. Shout out, really really awesome guild, and um, you know I had this idea for this build, and I I wanted to farm these pieces, and so I. My guild, I know they do trial runs and stuff all the time, but they don't have a schedule posted. There's not like a sign-up thing or anything like that. So I just asked in the guild chat, like, hey, when do we do trials? Like, how do I sign up? Uh, and this dude, one of the one of the officers in the guild, um, just asked me, well, what, what are you trying to get? And I told him, like, well, I want this mending set. And he's like, well, why don't we just do a run here in like 45 minutes? We'll get some people together. We'll just do it right now. <laughs> Like, oh, so man. awesome yeah i don't even know if i'm ready i was just i thought i was thinking maybe here in a few days or next week sometime um but yeah we did it and he, he rounded some people up lickety split it was it was kind of amazing to see uh we all jumped on discord got on voice this dude is a professional man i was i was really impressed by this guy i don't know if he'd want me to say his name on the podcast i didn't ask him so i'll i'll just leave it out but you can tell this dude has been running guilds for a long time uh, he knew every aspect of this trial run. He knew exactly where to tell everyone to stand. Honestly, it wasn't even hard. It wasn't even hard at all because he was just holding our hand every step of the way. I was really impressed with this dude. He was just super nice and friendly and just awesome the whole time. It was a really, really cool experience. And the trial, is it looks cool. It was, it was neat. I had a lot of fun with it. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. It's just cool to get the experience of that and, and to have someone like that to go with you to uh, to make it an even more enjoyable experience. Just really cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was great. So uh, he told me to hit him up again because um, I didn't get all the pieces I needed. So he said we can probably do another run sometime this weekend. So I'm going to hit him up probably, I don't know, maybe this evening sometime, try to make that happen. And that is all I've been up to in the Elder Scrolls Online here lately. Uh, and I think we're getting close to the end of our uh, podcast here. Um, really quick before we go, I want to um, just uh, acknowledge a couple of things. I want to make a self-correction here. I don't know if necessarily a correction or just an elucidation, but um, <laughs> the uh, the mythic items uh, in the Antiquities system, we, we were talking about it before and we were... I think I said something that made it unclear, but basically I, uh, I've discovered that these mythic items are broken into mul multiple pieces. Uh, so you don't find a lead for just one mythic item. You find a lead for one of five pieces of that mythic item, and then you go find each one of those pieces. You know, got to get a lead for each one, uh, and then you put them together, and then you have the mythic item. Um, so that makes sense. a bit more of a grind than I was uh, thinking. And that information has been out there all along. I just overlooked it uh, when we were talking about it. I just didn't have that info in my in my brain. It's going to be interesting to see how rare these mythic items are going to be. You know, is this going to be something that everybody, uh, you know, all the high level players you run into are going to have them? Or is this going to be something that is, you know really really uh, a rare thing a rare sight yeah to see. i'm curious Somebody to see like one. a year from now how how common yeah. these things are in people's builds yeah, yeah. exactly uh, and then another thing i shouted out to varish earlier because he um he pointed out that the new werewolf and vampire skill lines um on the crown store are changing uh, he also pointed out we, we talked about on the last episode i asked why the chests in imperial city glow purple and we didn't know why that was um, he's telling us they glow purple because they have a lot of Telvar inside of them, and that's what it's indicating. Uh, and there are also lots of chests in Imperial City that don't grow that don't glow purple because uh, they don't have a lot of Telvar. So thank you, Tavarish, yeah. for uh, uh, clearing those couple of things up for us. Uh, please keep those kinds of comments coming. Uh, you can always get a hold of us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Send any questions, comments, corrections, uh, funny jokes you know whatever um just send that our way love to hear from you and uh, if you want we can read it on the podcast like we're doing right now <laughs> uh anything to say before we head out babius uh a quick couple things you know uh it, you know i have to say it's not even me saying this now it's actually zoss uh create a nord uh <laughs> five fun ways right now to do number one first one create a nord i mean I'm telling you, Zoss is listening Crystal clear. to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the second thing, you know, shout out for students, goons, guys. Still, you know, reach out in game or, you know, Ket, he'll probably provide some information. But uh, reach out, join up, guys. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to get better about the students, goons, reminding people. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can you can email scroll and podcast and ask, ask to be uh, admitted into the goons. Uh, you can send me or Davius an invite in-game. Uh, it's uh, at Cat Sparrowhawk for me, at Starjumper for Davius. I'm just going to say that for you. Hope you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you, say it much, you say it much better than I do. It sounds much better. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you want to be a student's goon, uh, go right ahead. Uh, we, we're growing exponentially right now, so <laughs> just, it's a good time to get in. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's going to be the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>